episode 63 of the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. Welcome back. This episode, we will discuss this movie, Bird Box, the sensation that everybody's talking about. So hang on real tight in the Actors Room. Here we go. Okay, here we are. Bird Box 2018 just came out, like, I think right before Christmas. Don't quote me on that. I know that it came out very recently. And I think it was about a week ago. Uh, I got a text from a a friend, and then I heard uh, something from uh, another friend, and then I get a text message within a group text with my cousins and and, uh, I'm and my other friend, TJ, this Bird Box movie, it must be the greatest movie ever made, right? I kept hearing about it, and I think to myself, how does this happen? Because I watched the movie, and we'll talk about how I feel about it. It's a Netflix production, and they must have promoted the shit out of this, because I just don't understand how a movie like this can be the talk of the cinematic universe. Okay, because quite honestly, folks, I might as well say it now. The movie is average, very average. There's nothing spectacular about it. This uh, concept, this idea has been done before. If you've seen The Happening, if you've seen A Quiet Place, uh, there's a few other films with outside sources of mystery that are coming at you and hurting you, destroying you. Whatever the case is, this is nothing new. And I was intrigued to watch it because of the buzz. And when you got that buzz going and you sit down to watch something, your expectations are much higher. And the buzz that this thing was getting, I sat down to watch it with my daughter, Madeline. She's 15. And I walked into the kitchen and she was on her computer and my wife was playing a video game And uh, my youngest, Lexi, was sitting on the couch. And she was, uh, I think she was playing on her tablet. And I walked into the kitchen and I said, Just want you to know, I'm going to sit down in the other room. I'm going to watch Bird Box. It's a movie that everybody's talking about. So if anybody wants to join me, it's a suspense. It might be a little scary. You know, I'm doing it right now. And Madeline got up immediately. She's like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll be right there. So we watched it together. I think it was on Sunday night. And it, I'll tell you what. It was entertaining. Uh, Sandra Bullock is an actress that I've grown up watching. And she's been acting for a very long time. If you remember, she was in a River Phoenix movie called... What is it? The uh, the Western Cowboy... It's not a cowboy movie. But uh, they sing. And she sings. in The Thing Called Love. That's what it is. River Phoenix, Sandra Bullock, um, God, I forget who else is in there. Whatever. 
And she's been acting for a very long time. And I never really considered her a serious actress. I liked Speed. That movie was very entertaining. Keanu Reeves. Just great stuff. Dennis Hopper. I'm sure most of you have seen Speed. It was very popular when I was a teenager. And then when she came out and won a a lot of acclaim for her performance recently, uh, I'm happy for her. Because I think she is uh, an actress that's come a long way in getting respect in the business. You know, because she was kind of labeled as, you know, very attractive and all that stuff. Getting labeled is such a horrible thing. And she really does pull off her character in terms of believability quite well. I don't know if I like her character. I think her character's um, too aggressive. I think she could have taken it aback um, just a bit. It might have been the director forcing that upon her in her role. I didn't like it. I thought she was too forceful, too unlikable. She's the central character. I go way back to what I was taught in acting school a long fucking time ago when I was a teenager. They said you always want to come up on top. No matter how you're being portrayed in the film, you want to be likable. So in this respect, Bullock failed. She failed in that way. I didn't like her. I didn't like the way she talked to people. I didn't like the way she talked to the kids. And I understand her motivation was that. And I get that. But I don't like the way it came off, I guess. But she did a fine job. I just didn't like her. (laughs) Didn't. And uh, I think this also plays into my deep... uh, My deep... I'm trying to think of the word here. I hate that. Um, Dislike. My deep dislike of the way female characters are created within a script. The screenwriter, whoever is writing the script, um, puts forth female characters that aren't likable. I just don't understand it. And even my wife will bring this up to me. She says, why is it that most women I watch on screen, their characters, I don't like them that much. What is that? And I said, I know. Um, it's true. Not all of them, but most women characters come off quite bitchy. I understand it's an attitude, trying to be tough and everything, and it's the screenwriter's responsibility to make them likable. We need to see more of that. And that's why I completely respect Woody Allen, because he creates strong, likable female characters so here we go got a little off base but it pertains to this episode of the actors room my name is jeff tarowski and we're going to talk a bit this is not going to be a long episode we will touch on the film bird box the sensation that came out weeks ago i want to give my input on it like i said Just something different. I usually do actors, actresses, but today we're going to talk about a film. And I thought it'd be fun to do Bird Box today because it is such a sensation. Everybody's fucking talking about it. I don't understand why. Like I said, 
decent movie. Decent. I didn't walk away going, wow. Like the ending. You're like, okay. And I, my uh, daughter, Madeline, when it ended, she's like, that's it? And I said, that's it. I was expecting something a little more with that ending. Maybe, uh, you know, one of those, whoa, or something shocking, something. I thought it ended quite like, okay, haha, <laughs> woohoo, 2018, Bird Box, it was directed, oh boy, my printouts are so dark in re- the respect that I-, I can't read who the director was. Ay-yay. Hold on. Really? Really? Um, I can't make it out. Okay. It was directed by somebody. They did an okay job. I, I feel bad. I can't read it. I printed this out at work today. I was really fucking busy. I didn't have any time to make sure this thing printed out right. And it didn't. Like, I printed it out from, um, IMDb. And sometimes the IMDb pages on films, they're dark. Like, they're not always the, the white background. Sometimes they put a backing that's dark. And that's what they did with this movie. So I cannot read the stuff that's in the dark. All right, so we're going to move on. I saw the name who directed it. I didn't recognize it. So that doesn't mean anything. If I didn't recognize it, doesn't mean that its director is unknown. I've been out of the loop with shit. With recent stuff. So this director might be somebody that is well known. Like I said I'm sorry I didn't uh, print it out correctly. So we're going to move on. And talk about the movie Bird Box. You get uh, to see Sandra Bullock and her sister. Discuss the fact how disconnected her character is. And the main character of course is Mallory. Sandra plays Mallory. Mallory is disconnected. Um, With just her family, even though she's close with her sister, she's distancing herself from her family. And you can sense that right off the bat. She's sort of a renegade character. She cares, but at a distance. And uh, her and her sister get along just fine. But you can tell she's pregnant. And then when she goes in to see the doctor... They talk about the fact that uh, you're going to have to become more involved with this pregnancy and then make a decision on what you want to do. Hey, if you don't want to keep this child, you can adopt it. They leave the hospital. And as they're leaving, Sandra notices, and we're going to call her Mallory. Mallory notices that one of the patients is banging her head up against the window. Pretty graphic, and she's doing it forcefully. So forcefully that blood is spurting. On the window. And let me go back in time. Because I forgot to mention this important part. Alright. There are mass suicides going off. In other parts of the world. It's on the news. It's brought up. That droves of people. Are committing suicide. Now that's weird. And as Sandra Bullock's character. Mallory. Walks out of the hospital. She witnesses somebody. Banging their head so hard against the window that they're killing themselves. It's that forceful. And as they get outside, Mallory tells her sister that she just witnessed something 
She feels that this mass suicide thing that's happening all over the world has now hit their town. And it has, and it happens almost immediately. As soon as they get into their car, there is chaos. People running in front of buses, people just killing themselves. Something happens to you where you see something outside and you become mesmerized by it. And a few moments later, you want to kill yourself, no matter how. As long as you can get the job done, you'll get the job done. This happens to everybody around Mallory and including her sister. Her sister looks out over the road, becomes mesmerized by something, gets out of the car, and goes ahead and places herself in the middle of the street in front of a oncoming bus. Boom, gone. This is quite shocking, of course, and Mallory, being pregnant, struggles in the streets to find solace, and she finally does when an older woman comes out of her home to help Sandra. And I always want to call the actors by their real names. Mallory. <laughs> to try to do that. Uh, this episode might be a little messy. It's been a few weeks. It feels like it's been a year. Since I did my holiday episode with my brother Dave, which was really fun, and I hope everybody else out there had a great holiday. I did. The weather's been great, although you always want it to be a white Christmas. It wasn't. It was kind of a windy Christmas. The weather's been great. I had a whole week off with my family. We took it easy, got some things done, but we rested. We played games. Our New Year's was great. We spent it with friends across the street. Just a good time. Relaxing. I'm back at work this week. Things are busy, but they're great. Um, You know, we're a little broke because of the holidays, but that's okay. I'm sure a lot of people are. Got to regain the assets. Getting back to the movie. Mallory gets help from an older lady coming out of her home. To help this pregnant woman falling to the ground. And the woman does. And as she helps Mallory. The older woman sees this. Whatever this is. This monster. We can call it a monster. But it's an entity. That has been spreading throughout the world. It is attacking humans. Into destroying themselves. So the older lady falls to this. She sees something in the distance. She actually says something like, Oh mom, oh mom, oh mother. Which means that the monsters are now channeling, I want to say. The person who looks into this entity may be able to, the entity to see within the other person, get into their head and find out their vulnerability. Where are they most vulnerable? Attack it? Strip it, and they got nothing left. You know, it's just like, why live? It's so horrible. (laughs) Whatever it is they see, I think is first beautiful, and then they realize how evil it is. And it's so evil, so horrible, that they kill themselves. I can't fathom that. I don't get it. The only parallel I can make, and this is kind of weird, is in the, the film Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks 
And I guess Albert's brother just passed away a few days ago. I guess he had a pretty good role in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I guess he just passed, so sorry about that. And Albert Brooks is in a movie that I think he produced and directed and starred in called Defending Your Life. And those of you who are familiar with this movie, Brooks's character dies, goes up to, like, purgatory, and defends his life. He's got a lawyer in everything. And the lawyer in this movie explains to Albert Brooks that the whole purpose of the universe is to get smarter. That's the whole purpose. When you're on Earth, that's like the starting point. And you use only 4% of your brain or 5%, something like that. And Albert Brooks is like, 5%? That's all I use is 5%? And then the lawyer, who is played by Rip Torn, love it. He goes, yeah, well, most people on Earth only use about 5% of your brain, usually. That's the norm. Now, some are a little smarter. They use like 8%. And he goes, if you use more than 8% of your brain, you don't want to be on Earth anymore. It, which is interesting. Because maybe, and I'm thinking it in this way, maybe this entity, right, is so much for us to take. It's too much. It's so intelligent, so advanced that just simply looking into it or looking at it, our brains can't comprehend it. It's so, like, beyond our ability Okay, so that when we see the truth or its truth, it's so much for us to take that we can't be here anymore. Being here is meaningless, completely meaningless. And the only thing to do is destroy yourself. That's my description, so to speak, of this monster. So the woman, boy... I have my explanation. Getting back on the old woman. She ends up killing herself. So uh, Mallory then uh, enters the home. And we meet (laughs) some people in the house. uh, uh, People that are surviving this chaos. Like neighbors and stuff like that. And one of the characters is played by John Malkovich. Thank you, sir. I love you for being in any movie I watch. Didn't know he was going to be in it. So when I saw him pretty early in the film, I was like, fuck yes. This will definitely be worth watching because John Malkovich goes to other levels. Haven't discussed him yet in the actor's room, but one of those actors that I will in the future, John Malkovich. And I think of that movie being John Malkovich, just a brilliant film Love that film, and he's an icon. I think he is. Isn't he cool, John Malkovich? He plays a complete dick, asshole, in this movie. But what's really funny is eventually you like him. Wow. He's a dick. (laughs) But he makes sense sometimes throughout the film. And then at the near the end, where it's his end, (laughs) you know? I actually liked him. I didn't love him. But I kind of liked his character. The character development. 
was actually okay for certain characters. His was one of them. His character grew a bit in this short film. Um, the one thing I did like about it was that his character went from very dislikable to kind of likable. When Mallory enters the home, she is also confused with everybody else. They try to watch the news, and I think they lost the transmission and the just, I'm sure everything was breaking down at this point throughout the entire town or city, state. I don't know how, they don't explain how it spread. It just is within this town and, you know, Mallory is dealing with it in her way, which is trying to keep people at bay and aggressive in the same respect. She doesn't like people trying to comfort her, help her. She could do it on her own. And from the very beginning, you get to see uh, a relationship between Mallory and I believe it's Tom. Is it? Yeah, Tom. Fucking amazing. Chavante Rhodes. And I hope I said his first name right. What a good actor. Very good actor. I've seen him before. And you can see the chemistry between Tom and Mallory right off the bat. You're thinking they might, you know, this might be something in the future. And it does. And then we get to see, of course, John Malkovich. We get to see a character named Jessica. And her name is Sarah Paulson. Cheryl which is played by Jackie Weaver. Lucy is the doctor earlier, and that's Rosa Salazar. And then eventually we get to meet another pregnant woman who knocks on the door, asking for help. They're hesitant to let her in, but they do. And she is pregnant as well, and her name is Olympia. That's her character. And is played by Danielle McDonald. She was great too. I like the acting in this movie. Bird Box. Charlie is also a character, and his name is, I think, Lil Rel Howery. What a name. And then a decision is made that they're running low on uh, supplies, food mostly. They have to leave the house. And the only way to survive on the outside is to blindfold yourself. So here we go. The whole blindfolding thing. I guess it's getting ridiculous. I guess there's a game now where you blindfold yourself. And this is real. People are doing this. They're blindfolding themselves and going out to see if they can actually get things done in the real world. Being blindfolded. The movie is now expressing that you shouldn't do that. And they're not going to be responsible for it. And they shouldn't be. For moronic behavior. Do it for fun, I guess. Maybe put a blindfold on. My kids do that. They put, you know, blindfold on and they walk around the house. They run into the walls and shit. It's funny. You know, they bounce off the wall. Kids do that sort of thing. You're going to hurt yourself. Okay, you're going to fall down. You're going to fucking break your leg. You're going to fucking knock an eye out. You're going to just... Anyway... Back to the movie. Blindfolds are put on. Uh, four of the characters decide to go out, get in the car, blindfolded. 
Drive really slow. Don't look outside. You're going to die. They get about halfway there, crunching over people's heads. So what? In the thing, the monster starts like making his presence known around the car. And John Malkovich is like, we're not going to make it. This is it. This is it. He's pretty convinced that he's going to die at any moment. But they don't. They stay firm. They go slow. And I guess they get to a supermarket. One of the characters in the house, right, worked at the supermarket. He has the key. He said, I'll get you there. We'll get inside. And they do. They get inside the supermarket. They replenish. They're walking around. You get a cute little scene between Mallory and Tom. And then you see John Malkovich's character. And what's his name? Charlie or something? Let me see. Malkovich. Douglas. (laughs) That's my middle name. That's my dad's name. Okay, Douglas is in the liquor section. He likes to drink. I'm thinking he's an alcoholic. He drinks through most of the film. And he's got his little aisle of liquor. He's in heaven. He's down in the bottle. Gets a little loopy and makes this suggestion. He's like, everybody come over here. I have something to say. Come here. And uh, I did a little bit of an impression there that was really bad. I'm horrible at impressions, by the way. Uh, If I were to study them, I don't know. Maybe I would be okay at it, but I'm not a natural. I think it's something you got to work on. But anyway, he has them all come over to him while he's guzzling liquor and gives his idea. He's like, hey, we're here, right? Why don't we just, I don't know, stay here. We're safe. We have all this food and stuff around us. And he's thinking of all the liquor. He goes, why don't we just stay here? And then Mallory, of course, states that, well, we're not going to stay here because we're not assholes. There are other people at the house waiting for us to go back. But the Douglas character does make a good point. He's all protecting number one. What's best for me in this situation? And that actually is the best course of action. Okay, he's making sense. It's an asshole move. But it makes sense. We made it here. We're alive. And we can continue to stay alive in this place. You know, we don't have to come back here. If we go back to the house, we don't have to keep coming back here for supplies. We can just stay here. But they go back because they're nice people. (laughs) There's another knock at the door and a new character is presented to us. It is, uh, his name is Gary. Like this actor, Tom Hollander. Very good actor. And I saw him and I said, oh, nice. He comes in and John Malkovich's character, Doug, is very iffy about having this guy stay. He's got a bad feeling about it. He goes, every time we have somebody come in, and this is his house, by the way. Douglas, that's his house. He's allowing all these people to stay in his house. And he watched his wife. That was his wife that tried to help Mallory when she fell outside the house. It was his wife that came outside to help her. And he watched her freaking die. Okay? So yes, he's an asshole. But I think that he has a lot of say. Because there are a few times people are knocking on his door. And he says, don't let them in. And other people decide to let them in. And he just goes, oh, fuck. It's my house. If that was my house, fucking A, 
that was my house, I'd be like, if there's someone knocking on my door, okay? Because, oh shit, I forgot to mention this. This is fucking super important. Fuck me. Okay, we gotta go back to the supermarket. They're at the supermarket and they hear something coming from one of the rooms inside the supermarket. Okay? Someone banging on it, asking for help, crying. They go up to the door and they actually see the doors open like a little bit, I think. Or maybe they just hear help, whatever. So they're thinking to themselves, what the fuck is this? What is this? And the guy that works there says, oh my God, I recognize that voice. That's so-and-so. And he's like, well, is this somebody we can trust? And the guy says, um, I don't know. I like him. I don't know if I trust him, but I like him. He spent some time in jail or something. And they decide to open the door a little bit to kind of see what's going on. And this guy's fucking possessed. He reaches out and tries to grab at you. To kind of bring you in. Obviously the haunting or this monster has affected him so much that it didn't kill this guy. It made him evil. And so the guy, the character that worked at the supermarket that had the key to get him in. um, Ran to push this evil bastard back inside the little room. And in doing so. He himself got grabbed by the evil guy and was pulled inside the room. They close the door and you see blood come, you know, creeping out below the door. Obviously, the guy died. And that is important because not everybody is killed or kills themselves after they see this monster. There are some that survive. And why? Why are there some that become evil and not want to kill themselves? Maybe it's because they're evil. Uh, They can identify with it. Or this entity Opened a door within their perception, doors of perception, that they had some sort of, and you have to remember that our brains control everything, okay? Without our brain, forget it. It all breaks down, people. It all breaks down. Your brain dead, that's it. It's over. So maybe, like I said, uh, chemical, something within the brain. Everybody reacts differently of what they experience with their brain. So maybe some people have a defect. It may not necessarily mean they're evil, but the chemical that's released or tapped into with this monster affects everybody different. And the ones that actually survive and become puppets to this monster, maybe, Survive and may go on to live an uh, evil life. Isn't that great? Good for them. What a nice uh, ending. What a nice life. Just to be evil forever. Because they like go from like town to town. They're, they show later on in the film. like They're driving around in cars. These evil people trying to recruit others that are still alive. To you know go outside and view the monster.
So the new character, Gary, is led in the house. Doug is concerned. We don't know what's going to happen if we let this guy in my house. Okay? Number one, something bad could happen. Okay? Number two, we don't know this guy. He could be one of those bad people. Like that evil person thing. So they decide to let him stay. The overall consensus is we can't throw him back out there. Uh, He'll die eventually. We can't be responsible for that. John Malkovich gets a gun and explains that it'll be my way or the highway. Well, they decide to go ahead and disarm John Malkovich and send him into the garage. He has been tucked away into his little cell. (laughs) They just can't trust him anymore. Um, Soon after, Mallory and the other pregnant lady, Olympia, it's time to give birth. And they do at the same time. How convenient. (laughs) Corny. And the writing, very subpar, by the way. The writing in this film, extremely subpar. And both women give birth at the same time. When this happens, everybody in the house does their part. Except for Johnny Malkovich, who is in the garage. To uh, help. In this process, I mean, a lot of screaming, a lot of blood, a lot of uh, anger from the women because they're giving birth. This is a very traumatic experience, right? They're not in a hospital, no painkillers. God bless them. Natural childbirth. Anyways, everybody's helping out except Mr. New Guy, Gary. Mr. Gary, the new guy, decides to just stay downstairs or away from the whole pregnancy thing going on here, giving birth. And he looks too calm to me. Starts walking around, sits down on the couch, and takes out some papers and spreads them on the coffee table. There are images of darkness. Uh, This is where you get to see uh, Gary, this character, um, his vision of how he views the monster. You know why? Because Gary is one of the evil people that doesn't commit suicide, but decides to uh, live in evilness. And we get to see, for the first and only time, images of what this thing might look like in Gary's eyes. And he feels that this monster is beautiful, and he will go ahead and destroy whatever is in the house now. He's on a mission. And uh, John Malkovich, Douglas, sees uh, Gary take the birds. And uh, once again, I'm forgetting shit. Birds are essential in this movie. It's called... (laughs) I just... The bird box. And how can I forget that? But the birds are pretty much... Essential theme in this movie because... They're like birds in a box. Okay? They can't leave the house. And when they do, they gotta blindfold themselves. Caged birds. Have you ever had a pet? A parakeet? I did. I loved it. Her name was Tweety. This bird I had, this parakeet. I wanted it for a long time. My mom's like, alright, we'll get one. This bird lasted two weeks, I think. 
Two weeks. It got sick. Within two weeks, it like blew up. It didn't blow up. It got fat. It swelled up. <laughs> and then we're watching TV and we just hear fucking thing died. But anyways, birds in a cage, man. You feel bad. They're in this little cage. What a life that must be. You know why? What do birds do? They fucking fly. To contain a bird is cruel. In all respect. To anybody that owns birds. And puts them in cages. Okay? It's fucking horrible. Sorry. It is. It's horrible. Birds should not be caged. They fucking fly. Alright? The only way I can see this being okay, maybe... Is if the bird can't fly for some deformity or that. In that case, you better not have it in a fucking cage then. Let it walk around. Got a little upset. (laughs) Thinking about birds being in cages. But that's what this, you know, this bird box movie is trying to tell us. Okay. There's no right way. Or there's nothing good about being caged. Nothing being limited and things like that. That's what they're trying to express in this film. Gary um, puts the birds, they got birds in a cage, shame on them, puts the bird cage inside the freezer. And Jan Malkovich says, Hey, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, what's wrong with you? And there is something wrong with them. He ends up killing pretty much everybody except Mallory. Right? And the kids. And Tom. I'm sorry. Tom survives. Mallory survives. And the two born children. The children are born and survive. The uh, coming scenes have... um, the building of a family, a weird, strange family, but this is a weird, strange concept. Tom, Mallory, and the kids become a family. They survive the best they can, and Mallory's idea of raising these two kids, and one's a boy, the boy is hers, and the other pregnant lady had a girl, and she's so afraid of losing these two kids. And this is Mallory. That she does her best. To treat them like. Little adults. With no names by the way. She calls the boy. Boy. And she calls the girl. Girl. Clever. She's trying to. Just want to. Give them hope. Hope's a bad thing. She wants them to survive. And she feels this is the best course of action. Survival. We don't have room. Or a need to love. And to hope. And Tom. Her friend. Companion. Lover. There's a sex scene. Nothing too graphic. Tries to tell a story to the kids. About hope. And she dashes it. Saying why do that. No. Survival's number one. That's it. They're running out of uh, food. 
It's been a while. They've uh, explained in the movie that they go out and they scavenge all over the neighborhood. And uh, Mallory states that they have done this enough and they're running out of um, food. It's simple. They have, what are they going to do? They need to move on. They have to figure something out. By chance, and this is also just great writing. Just out of nowhere, a voice comes from a (laughs) walkie-talkie. And I guess the guy's name, and what is his name? We're going to look at it right now. Rick. Good old Rick. Over this (laughs) walkie-talkie. Anybody there? Hello? Anybody out there? He explains that there is a community out there, not too far away, far enough where if you follow the river, it'll take you about two days to get there. But he says, there is a place for you. Uh, We're working together to make a nice, safe place. You're more than welcome to come if you want. You know, uh, go down the river, two-day trip, and uh, follow the birds. The birds were near the birds. Brilliant. What great directions. Just take the river. Get off the boat. And uh, follow the birds. I'll do that. And I'll see you in two days. Um, this is what happens next. I'm going to start wrapping this up. I don't want this to be too long. Um, because I, I can ramble sometimes. My rambling can go on. And I'll look down. It'll be an hour and a half. And I'll be like, oh boy. I'm going to start wrapping this up. Mallory's companion, Tom, is killed by one of those evil bastards trying to recruit people to look into the monster. He pretty much gives himself up so that Mallory and the two kids can escape and go on this journey two-day river journey down the river to this safe haven. It's a risk. Plus the fact this guy over the walkie-talkie, like, he could be one of those evil people. You don't know. But I feel like the character of Mallory and her two kids, all right, they're in dire straits. They have to take that chance. And if it's someone evil, okay. If not, thank you. Anyways, they blindfold themselves and uh, how the hell they're able to do this, right? <laughs> like, like, to get to the boat. Do, do, how do they know there's a boat there? They just uh, hope and pray there's a boat with two oars. And uh, yeah, we'll just get in the boat and go. Whoa, what a coincidence. Anyways, the writing, fantastic. I'm being sarcastic. They get on the boat. She tries to explain to them that it's going to be tough to do. Be calm. Uh, The way she talks to them, it's incredible how much I don't like her character. The way she talks to the kids. I just want to smack her. Hey! (laughs) I'm very protective of kids. Very. Just in those two little actors they had playing those kids are so adorable. Great casting. They did a great job. I love those two kids. Love them. They were so adorable. So cute. And they go down the river. They um, run into a few things. Like some guy standing in the water. And tempting them to. It's okay to take off the blindfold. And then he tries to attack them. And Mallory does a great job. In fending him off. They, they keep going. They finally reach. 
the bank. Get out of the canoe, boat, whatever, and make their journey following the birds. <laughs> They'll get there. Just follow the birds. How the hell is Mallory going to find this place? Not only blindfolded, but with two kids that are blindfolded. The chances of them getting from A to B blindfolded in the wilderness with birds going off and the monster tempting her, talking in her ear, making her go a little crazy. Uh, the, the, the odds are just absolutely ridiculous of her making it there. They just are. The chances of her tripping and falling down, which she did, okay, she did once. You know, she probably, it probably happened. 10 times in reality. And one of those falls, she's going to break something. Uh, she's going to knock herself out. It, that's just reality. But this is, this is not reality, folks. This is the movie. Okay? This is it. Okay? This Bird Box movie is the greatest movie ever. From people that I've heard, the buzz on this was just ridiculous. She makes it, folks. She gets to this place, and it's just wonderful. Rick, he's blind. And that's what they're saying. Okay, this is like a blind hospital. Because they can't see the monster. They have an advantage. Being blind has its advantage now on Earth. You're blind, you're okay. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, there you go. They made it. And Mallory and her two kids are safe, right? They're safe. They're in this blind hospital. It looks like there's just a community of people all in harmony. And they're they're growing plants. And it's just a wonderful thing. Getting a little teary-eyed just thinking about it. So far-fetched, I didn't like the ending. Corn. If I were to give this movie a grade, and I don't usually do this, I would give it a solid... I wanted to say C+, I might give it a B-, minus because I felt the acting was actually pretty good. And it held my attention the whole time. I just didn't like the ending. Solid B minus. Overall. Yeah. Okay. And the deep meaning I think I went through kind of given my, you know, going over the story about, you know, the monster and, you know, bird thing, being in cages. And, you know, uh, I think before I move on to some notes, Mallory's character, um, I think, lets her hair down a little bit. When at the end. She gives names to the two kids. She calls the girl Olympia for her mom that passed away. And then she calls the boy her son, Tom, her companion throughout the film. Always at the end. I'm wrapping it up. Phlegm. What the? It's so weird, too. It could be a two hour episode or it could be I'm looking down. What do we got here? I don't know. 45 minute episode. Doesn't matter. The last 5-10 minutes. I get phlegmy. 
notes about this film, just a few. Just a few that kind of stuck out to me. John Malkovich would talk to the birds on set. And the cast said he had a bizarre connection with them. He would be able to tell them to move their feet, and they did. So, John Malkovich, the bird whisperer. He's in touch, man. And I think he is. John Malkovich, he's on another level, this guy. He talks to birds. And I'm pretty sure that he agrees with me on this notion. Birds shall not be caged. Period. Right, John? Right. Any other notes here? Oh, yeah. Sandra said that she was blindfolded for about half of the film. Fuck that. Not being able to see for half the film. And I always thought this was an interesting question. Just a hypothetical. You would hear this from time to time. Especially when you were kids. If you had a choice. Would you be blind or deaf? Like if you had to choose. Would you want to see? Or would you want to hear? And folks I gotta tell you. That is one tough fucking question. Now you think to yourself. Well that's easy. There's no way I would give up my hearing. I'm sorry. My sight. Fuck me. There's no way I would give up my sight. Seems easy enough, right? I don't know. As much as I would miss my sight, I don't know. Oh my God. When you really think about it, all of those sounds that you appreciate, the music, think about that. You would never be able to hear your favorite song ever again. Or all the new things coming out. You would never get to hear your wife or husband's voice again. Or your children. I hear my kids and my wife on the phone. Man. I love their voices. You would never hear that again. Not seeing would suck. (laughs) But not hearing would suck as well. Thought I would just... Make you think about that. Those of you who are listening, all 50 of you. Okay. Um, any other notes that I thought were important? Nope. Gonna toss that right over there. Got my little corner. It's funny as hell. I do all of my podcasts, most of them anyway, by myself. All of them by myself. In my tiny walk-in closet. It's right off my bedroom. It's a decent size. It's not tiny. It's decent. I got a lot of, I'm looking around. I got a lot of clothes in here. I got shelves in here. I'm looking up. I got my jeans way up on top. We got a whole bunch of shit behind me. Shoes and the fuck. All the kinds of shit. And in the one corner, I have a stack of paper piling. Since my very first episode of Marlon Brando over a year ago. What I do is when I'm done with the episode... All my notes, all my pages, I throw into that corner. And those of you who know me, I'm a clean freak. I don't mind it because this is out of sight. This is tucked away, you know, this little closet. I toss my shit over there. I'm looking. I got a nice little pile going over here. Hey-oh. Here's some more notes. They're going right up. 
it's going to reach, like, if I keep going, like, this pile will eventually, like, right now, I'm not fucking kidding. The pile is up to about the second button of my dress shirt that's hung up and it's kind of close to the ground. It's that fucking high. That's impressive. And it's not even all stacked up, like, perfectly. Like, shit is just kind of, like, thrown over there. Okay, I don't think anybody cares about that bit of information. I just thought I'd point it out in the actor's room. Thank you once again for listening to this episode. Me talking about the bird movie. (laughs) The bird movie. Oh my god. Bird box. I'm going to be honest with you. I forget that it's box. I know bird. I'm like, I want to say bird stop. That's fucking stupid. Bird stop, although that could work too. No, not really. It's the whole box thing. I get it. Wow. I don't know if I'm getting loopy. It's been one of those weeks. It's a Friday night for me. Looking forward to wrapping this up. I'm going to go downstairs. I don't know. I don't know if we're watching a movie tonight. We all got new uh, toys this Christmas. I got uh, a football game, Madden. We got an Xbox, and I've been playing Madden <laughs> up late, 2 o'clock sometimes. I know. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep in tomorrow till like 9. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sleep till 9 because tonight I know I'm going to be playing that fucking game. It's a football game. I love football, and it's great, man. It's so realistic. I like playing it as a... Uh, general manager, which means that I make all the decisions about the team and I let the computer play. So it's like I'm watching the Browns. Of course I'm the Browns. I'm just watching them do their thing. I'm like the owner. I make the decisions. I make all the calls. I pick all the players, coaches, things like that. And then I let it happen. So frustrating too, man, because I started this new season, right, doing horrible. I thought I made all these right moves. And I was so angry. I went to bed angry last night. Because my team is crap. I know most of you out there don't care about my makeup uh, football team here in Cleveland. (laughs) I'm Madden. But it's important to me. And should be to everybody else in the actor's room. Thank you once again for listening. I hope you had a great day today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this show. If you're still listening, most of you have probably turned me off. But those of you who are actually still listening, give me your address. I will send you some money. You send me the address through the actorsroom.lipson.com. You can go on there. Or you can just go on my Facebook page. I think that's probably the best way. Go on my Facebook page. Okay? Send me a message. The secret word. This is all you got to do. You put the secret word and then your address. The secret word is Browns. (laughs) I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan. Okay. I love acting in film and comedy drama. And then I love the Cleveland Browns. They're like two with my diversions. Okay. And that's the key word. Go ahead. Put that in there. I will send you. About this. I will send you like, I don't know, something cool. 
about the show. Like, do you want like a uh, actors' room mug? Hey, I will give it to you for free. If you're still listening, I'll do it. Just give me your address. That's it, man. It's not like I'm gonna come and knock on your door. I'm no psychopath, believe me. I don't like leaving my house anyway. I don't go very far, folks. I go to work. I come home. I'm with my kids. I watch movies. I watch sports. Uh, yeah, I take care of shit in my house. I clean. Yeah, there, there's no psychopathic things going on here. I will send you a mug if you're still listening. I'm not fucking kidding because I guarantee you. I bet like ten people maybe are still listening to me. Just ramble right now. When I should be wrapping this up and going downstairs. I'm very talky tonight. I feel sorry for my family. I'm not usually like this. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Have a good one.